Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight in the second period. St. Louis up 4-2 on Vegas. The Oilers will be in Vegas on Saturday. Also in the second period, Predators leading the Ducks 2-1. Senators and Avalanche tied 2-2. After the first, the Jets lead the Penguins 1-zip. And the Blue Jackets have outscored the Buffalo Sabres 7-4. The final in that one coming up later, Hurricanes and Sharks. Monday night football, one minute left in the first half. Buccaneers heavily favored against the Giants, and they lead 17-10. Furnace family, Oilers hockey tomorrow. Face-off show is at 5. The game is at 6.30. Oilers take on the Stars. It's a back-to-back. Then the Oilers visit the Arizona Coyotes on Wednesday. Bob Stoffer on the road with the team checking in from Dallas. Bob, I know you didn't get in until late this afternoon, so thanks for hopping on the show, man. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Busy day in Edmonton. Uh, extremely busy day. I attended the uh, news conference today at Commonwealth Stadium with Ian Murray, the chairman of the board for the Edmonton Elks, and uh, Alan Watt, who's going to be the interim COO as they search for a new president. Uh, Bob, I mean, I, it's a tough day. I, I understand the uh, the discontent, and I understand fans wanted changes, and certainly um, I thought, you know, for the last few weeks, at the very least, Brock Sunderland was going to be let go. It is all three guys in leadership positions when uh-huh. something like this happens something's gone incredibly wrong and now you got to make good hires so this is an ongoing off-season story for the elks yeah well i mean it's interesting because someone suggests to you that the challenges started creeping up years in advance and for me i think all the way back to the salary the implication of the salary management system for the cfl prior to that the edmonton eskimos i mean there was a time in which they had frank morris identifying the best canadian talent you had ray newman the best u.s scout out there and the eskimos were an organization that you know uh will paraphrase a term since we're down here in big d in uh in texas reed uh the eskimos did have the big hat and oh by the way they also had the cattle right so they could afford to spend more than everybody else and they knew at a time in which rick lawler was there uh you know was was running the, the football team was the ceo o- overseeing the organization they knew that when they moved to that sms system that it would be a different time for the for the then edmonton eskimos and so unfortunately for preston and sunderland i think they're paying a bit for the sins of the past i don't think the canadian procurement's been good enough for uh, 15 plus years and there needs to be a reevaluation 
evaluation of that, and it's wide open. So for a guy like you, who gets to not just talk about the Edmonton Oilers, but also talk about the Edmonton Elks, uh, it's going to be a really interesting time because I don't think this is a overnight quick fix solution. I think they got a lot of work to do here, and I just want to say right now, Reed, I you know I'd, I'd be really happy to see the Elks gain some real traction here over the next couple seasons and regrow their brand because I'm an old not not whole uh, gang kid myself. I love the CFL and I love football. And I don't just love the CFL. I love NCAA, as you know, and NFL as well. So I hope it all comes to fruition. But they're paying for the sins of the past. There's no question about that. I just want to bring up one more topic before we transition to the Oilers. I, you know, I opened up the phone lines, got a lot of texts in the first hour. Dave came on with me and fielded some calls. Definitely got some feedback about... Uh, wanting cheaper ticket prices, especially from families or kids. Um, you know, got, got a couple people who just said, hey, it was a bad year, let's not overreact. You know, it's, it's all over the map a little bit. Uh, and, of course, I got a couple people saying, don't don't like the CFL anymore, don't care, stop talking about it. And, that, and that's fine if somebody wants to say that. I, I will tell you this, Bob, I worry, and, and I've said this before on my show, not to you, but you know the old saying when a quarterback throws a pass three things can happen and two of them are bad that philosophy doesn't really exist anymore but i feel now that quarterbacks in the cfl and maybe by extension offensive coordinators aren't just terrified of throwing interceptions which is understandable they're they're terrified of even throwing an incompletion because i'm getting tired of the three yard check down on second and eight instead of the chuck it mentality Yes, there were close games this season, but a lot of them were lower scoring. And, I, and I'm, I'm worried that the, the wide-open mentality that the CFL once had in its favor has somehow been replaced by a very conservative mentality. I think it's the personnel that's changed as well, Reid. I mean, Warren Moon had to come to Canada to prove himself because, let's face it, there was a color line that existed in the National Football League back in the late 70s. Uh, for quarterbacks and you know he had to prove that he could play here first and and now you're looking for you know you've got the advent of the spread option offense you've got uh, you know the NFL and NCAA football protecting the quarterbacks protecting their players I mean there's no return game anymore the CFL in the late 1970s and early 1980s was a superior product to the National Football League and I'm as hardcore of a football fan as you will find okay and it was a way better product. Heck, at one time Gil Scott, Bill Scott's dad Bill Scott's the assistant GM of the Edmonton Oilers at one time Gil Scott was funneling guys like James Scott the wide receiver for the Bears or Vince Farragamel, the quarterback for the uh, LA Rams, Tom Cusa he was funneling those players into the Canadian Football League because the money was closer and it was actually a more entertaining game to play well, what's happened in the States? Offense sells tickets. In baseball you had the whole situation with juice and home run hitters remember that old ad that the baseball pitchers used to do you know chicks dig the yep. long ball right I think it was and then Maddox and Glavin wasn't it yeah. sure right and you look at the NFL they protect the quarterback you can't play like the Steelers used to in the 70s where they're all over the wide receivers 15 yards down the field with their cornerbacks um, now now you can't hit court like today Troy Aikman would have played we're in Dallas Troy Aikman would have played 20 years today he got 
concussed multiple times and had his career come to an end. Tom Brady's playing at 44 years of age. So the leagues are different. And as a result of the leagues being different, you have playmakers that are now playing at quarterback in the NFL like Lamar Jackson. Guys that years earlier... The Prince McJunkin the thirds that played for the, uh, you know, or the J.C. Watts, those guys were playing for the Ottawa Rough Riders back in the day. So it's a completely different. And so what you have now in the CFL, you're 100% right, Reed. You have game managers at quarterback instead of guys going out there and beating you. So the entertainment value has gone down. And the league, this is a league-wide thing. They have to reevaluate what they're doing. And they have to open, find a way to open and get more offense in the game. Because offense sells tickets in every sport. Case in point, why John Tortorella was wrong with what he said. Connor McDavid doesn't need to change his game. The NHL needs to come to terms and accept we're living in a different time, all right? We don't want to see the stars of the player, the, the McDavid's, the McKinnon's, the Matthews, hindered because they got guys all over them. And, the, you know, having having a bunch of boys out of Peterborough, good old boys out of Peterborough, making calls, and there's three or four of them in the league off. Oh, they just got to fight. No, 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 no. You got to get to the 21st century and allow that skill to dominate. So the same thing that's undermined the CFL is something that the NHL is slowly coming to terms with. But... There's a lesson in it. There's a lesson in it for the NHL, and there's a lesson to observe and learn from both the NFL and from the NBA, which have opened up the offenses. Maybe we need a three-point line in hockey. Okay, I'm not going that far. Uh, I appreciate the transition, Bob, to the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, who play uh, tomorrow against the Dallas Stars. I, I forgot to mention earlier, Derek Ryan, by the way, uh, skated. Looks like he's going to be uh, okay after missing a couple games with concussion symptoms. It doesn't sound like he actually had a concussion. So Whiplash. Uh, whiplash. He had whiplash. He had whip whiplash from the hit. So Dallas, what are they at now? Uh, not great... Well, they're okay. They're seven, seven, and two. They've, they're kind of uh, sixth in their division. That, that was a team I wasn't sure about coming into this season. And in a building in which Miko Koskinen has had not one but two thefts in his career. Well, the last, I mean, nineteen twenty, the two times we went in here, once in December and then once in March, he stopped seventy-eight out of six, uh, seventy seventy-six out of seventy-eight shots. So he was first star in both games for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's see what happens. I know Skinner was in the starters net today. We know they're going to split the two goaltenders, and you're from the Earl Weaver school, so am I. I'm starting Miko Koskinen against Dallas, despite of what Stewart's done and giving Skinner the start against Arizona, just because of how well Koskinen's played in this building. So, uh, and let's also not forget, Skinner has already been in practice in the Arizona building as well, because he was with the hockey club when they were on the road trip earlier this year uh, into Arizona and into Vegas. So that'll be interesting for me to watch to see uh, what happens there. But there's no question that, uh, you know, Ryan... He needs to. He, he needs a little bit more traction. Five on five. He's done a good job in the penalty kill. He's had some stuff, uh, tough moments. McLeod took a progressive step the other night. Reed, I know the fans were. Yeah, I was listening a little bit to to Rob and you afterwards, and the fans were pretty pumped up about how McLeod played in spite of the one turnover. So uh, we'll see how Derek Ryan does when he gets back in there. And oh, by the way, the Oilers have the two top scorers in the National Hockey League. They have the best player, and the, he's not even leading his own team in scoring right now. So it's interesting signs to say the least. Do uh, you have a quick up, if you have one, anything on Mike Smith, quick? Well, I mean, I there was stuff out there earlier today suggesting that uh, 
you know, he's going to have surgery. And there's, my understanding is there's, that is, that's off. That is not the case. So, uh, you know, he's he's hoping to start skating again next week is what I've been led to believe. They basically, two weeks off from the time that he came back from Boston, and they try to get him up and running again and potentially target a, a mid-December sort of, that was sort of the initial prognosis. I, I can tell you I did communicate that today there was a suggestion from a couple people that he was going to require surgery, and uh, that was that was a surprise to people that would be in the know in the Oilers organization. So I'm not concluding myself as one of those guys. I'm not a decision maker, but I that's I'd say rumors of Mike Smith's short-term imminent de- uh, demise might be greatly exaggerated. As always, Bob, it's a pleasure to be on the radio with you. Let's do it again tomorrow <laughs> around five o'clock. Oh, you are a glutton for punishment, aren't you, Reed? <laughs> I certainly am. have a Take great care, show, buddy. my man. See ya. <laughs> bye bye. There we are. That's Bob Stoffer checking in from uh, Dallas with a wide-ranging and uh, passionate conversation. That's usually how Bob goes when he hops on with me. And when he's on Oilers Now, new to two every day here on 630 Chet. It is 7. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 47, the time, not the airplane. You're going to hear a little bit from Stuart Skinner growing up watching the Oilers when we get back. Get everything on the Elks. Uh, big news today, obviously, 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Really appreciate everybody's uh, feedback and thoughts on the uh, tough season and where the Elks could go from here. And one of the first places they're going to go is uh, to a place where they can hire people. I was trying to think of uh, a name for that. Hirelandia? Sure. Why not? Kellen Kennedy's back at the 630 Shed Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing, Reed? What is this little video? And please, in as few words as possible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real nice of me. Eh? Uh, what is this little wrestling video you posted today? All right. So no, it was late night last night that I posted this, Vegan. It was uh, uh, myself and a uh, former co-worker of mine here at uh, 630 Ched, uh, Tyler Loughton. We uh, kind of host a wrestling pay-per-view well, recap. about the guy got thing. attacked. Some guy oh. got attacked by a fan. I thought you were talking about his awesome Tracy Morgan impersonation, which is also on my no, Twitter. No, I'm talking but, about the one anyway. tonight during the show <laughs> oh yeah so i guess tonight on monday night raw somebody decided to um you know jump the rail and attack one of the wrestlers uh, seth rollins on monday night raw and uh, folks this is not rocket science you go to a live event of any type uh stay behind the barriers and just sit down cheer holler you know make noise enjoy the event but do not jump the barrier all right, good, good advice from uh, our wrestling aficionado, Kellen Kennedy. Stuart Skinner, goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, talking about uh, growing up, cheering for the, cheering for the Oilers. 
It's always a dream when you're when you're a kid. I mean, I was watching Dwayne Rolson play, Nikolai Habibulin, uh, Delorier. Um, you know, I'd always come to Rexall Place and watch those guys, and I always imagined myself wearing an Oilers jersey. And I mean, ever since I got drafted, it's been you know such an amazing experience to say that I grew up in Edmonton and now I get to wear the logo. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool for Stuart Skinner, who was also asked today if he's exceeding his own expectations. Oh yeah, I felt uh, I felt good coming up. Uh, I got a couple games in Bakersfield that, you know, got me rolling. I think preseason helped a lot too. I uh, got a few games there, so no, I felt good coming in. Um, obviously, you didn't expect anything to really happen right away. I mean, it's uh, it's hard seeing a, a guy go down, but uh, yeah, I was ready coming up. Felt good, felt confident, and here we are. All right, so Stuart Skinner up from the farm contributing. Ryan McLeod up from the farm. A couple of goals here along the way, starting to look a little more comfortable. Philip Broberg up from the farm, played about 14 and a half minutes the other night, looked pretty good. The Nuge commenting on the young guys coming up and fitting in. We have uh, some great young players in the system, some guys uh, making immediate impacts, which uh, with, which I think is great, and I think it uh, definitely helps. So we, uh, we have a bit of an older team. We have a bit of a more experienced team, and so guys can come in and uh, kind of learn from uh, the older guys. And, um, and obviously, I, I mean, we're uh, more of a structured team, so, I mean, you, you come in, you, you just you fit right into the structure, and, um, and you kind of watch the older guys, and you just play, uh, play from there. All right, a little bit there from the Nuge as the Oilers face Dallas tomorrow. Yes, it's on 6.30, Chad, 5 o'clock for the face-off show, and we'll drop the puck at 6.30. Okay. We're winding her down here. You had comments from Ian Murray, board chair of the Edmonton Elks. Dave Campbell hopped on. Kelly Rudy, Bob Stoffer as well. Thanks to all of you who participated as well. And, of course, thanks for listening. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show, and our studio producer this evening is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. I'll talk to you for hockey tomorrow. Don't forget about Oilers now from noon to 2 to help tee up the game as well. My name's Reed. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.